Hey everyone, Steve here. Often our guests will send us a couple copies of their books and sometimes they're signed. We wanted to get those books into your hands, so we just want to let you know that we created a page at our website for you all to win a weekly book giveaway. Go to eternalleadership.com slash book and you can register there. That's eternalleadership.com slash book. We'll have that link in the summary of this MP3 as well, but it's eternalleadership.com slash book. Thanks. There's a practical aspect to releasing the Spirit of God in in people in a way that touches businesses, in a way that causes dreams to come true, and that is the gospel. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, and that was today's guest, author of Releasing Kings, John Garfield. Now, you probably recognize that name because we talked to him back on episode 48, but we wanted to bring him back to join my co-host, John Ramstead, in this month's Coach's Corner, so John could talk more about the process of how he helps release kings. It's a process that I'm currently being walked through, and i got to tell you, it's invigorating. I can't recommend John, his blogs, his books, this coaching, etc., highly enough. We'll have all that info in our show notes, eternalleadership.com slash 059. So here's how my partner got that conversation started on this edition of Eternal Leadership. On this episode of Eternal Leadership, we have John Garfield, who's come back to the show. Thank you, John, uh, yep. to sit in the coach's corner. And we really wanted to have John back on. We wanted to have Steve to join us today because there's been a lot of themes that have been coming out of just the incredible feedback that's come from our 50th show. Uh, I just got another email yesterday, and they're really around two themes. You know, usually we take two very specific questions, and we boil them down, and we really dig into them. Um, Some of the things that have just been very inspiring to Steve and I, just the feedback that people are getting from this podcast, just about not only their faith, their relationship with God, but how to take that out more fully into their life and what does it look like uh, to just create a life, a business, and relationships that are just extraordinary, which is really something, you know, our goal that we want to bring out to you guys. So here's been one of the, there's been two themes, I'll just set this up front, is really who is God has been a big part of the feedback is is people have become, uh, received an understanding Mm -hmm. of really who God is how to have a really authentic relationship with God. Every one of us all have different theologies and doctrines and things in our background. We have experiences um, that we relate to God, you know, a death, a sickness, an illness, a situation we can't explain being in war. And how do we reconcile all that so that we really have a, uh, a good, uh, healthy understanding of who God is? Because I really think before we have that, it's hard to have... Uh, a healthy relationship with him. And so we wanted to bring John on today and just really talk about that. And then the other one we're going to talk about is this whole theme. uh, And we've been getting great feedback on people that have done this well. It's really connecting with the dreams and the desires in their heart, how to make those come true um, in, in, in that area, uh, of your life. And I think really one follows the other. I think really understanding that nature of God follows into, um, really these dreams and goals that we have in all areas of our life, these longings in our heart. So that's, what we're going to be talking about today. And John, thank you for taking the time and coming back on. Yeah. I enjoyed this. It's a lot of fun. 
I did too. I love how deep you are. And what I just found out, uh, I didn't realize that you're quite the cowboy also. And I'm afraid of horses. It's the only fear I have in my life other than, you know, thousands of spiders from what was that movie? Arachnophobia. That, that movie just wigs me out. Um, sorry. But uh, anyway, John, so l- let's start with, with that. You know, if somebody's just sitting there thinking, uh, just trying to understand just the nature of God, who is God, what is God's role in my life, um, where do we start there? I think all of us have, um, you know, a, a concept of God, uh, which is, you know, theology or doctrine, and, and that is important because it drives how we interpret uh, what God does or what happens in our circumstances or environment. And as, you know, that's a big topic, but I think it boils down to something that's that's very simple, and that is how sovereign is God? How controlling? Does he control everything? Does he, you know, is he the sort of the master puppeteer and um, and if he is, that puts us more along the lines of obedient servants that mm-hmm. that we're here just to do what we're told, and, and God controls everything. Now, the other way to to look at that, and let, let me mention a couple of references. We have a book called, or a, there is a book by Harold Everly called "Who Is God" that I recommend, and we summarized it in a chapter in Releasing King, also called "Who Is God." And the punchline is. That you know, if God is is sovereign and our future is pretty much predestined, it causes us to try to, you know, be. If He's the big God, we try to be the little ants, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. we focus on being obedient servants, and 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 basically we sort of view God as the bigger He gets, the more impersonal He gets. And that translates to the more rules he gives for us to live by. And, you know, even outside of Christianity, uh, I have a good friend that's into the New Age, or or just got saved out of the sort of the New Age movement. So, you know, karma, you know, Mm -hmm. Eastern religion has been a big Mm -hmm. influence. And those people are looking for spirituality. Uh, Unfortunately, if God is just a force— you know he he's impersonal, and all we get from God, and if if he's just a force, are his rules or his spiritual principles, and that is exactly the definition of religion. So mm. the the very same people that run from church, run from religion, and flock to new age movements. <laughs> you know the reason they run from religion is because of all the rules and the legalism. Yeah. And, and if you run toward an Eastern philosophy where, but where God is just a force, that also translates to a bunch of rules. <laughs> They're just different rules. <laughs> hmm. And and the reality is that the more um, we view God as relational and 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 also from the standpoint of sovereignty, that the future is not all scripted and controlled. That he works with us and and through us to shape the future. Um, that means the f- our the future is open, and and the theological term is you know the open view of God. Open theism is a term you can find on uh, mm-hmm. on uh, the internet. So if if our future is open and God is relational, then we play 
an important role in, in shaping the kingdom. And um, when, when we look at the earth uh, and circumstances, uh, see people dying, all of those things, it's, uh, it's easy to think that, good grief, God isn't doing a very good job of this mess. <laughs> there are wars and earthquakes and global warming and everything else going on. What, how come everything's so out of control? And uh, the reality is that uh, we're here to put it back under control, that uh, the last enemy to be defeated is death. And, and we're here to fill the earth with his glory. And, and that is the whole, you know, battlefront of uh, that. There is warfare over that. And, and the, you know, the good news is, or the bad news, <laughs> it's both, <laughs> it's a mixed, mm-hmm. is that we get to participate in this battle to redeem this earth. We're, we're not just waiting for the rapture. We so, have a role to play. So, John, as you are out teaching this, there's so many, I mean, there's billions of people in this world, and there's a lot of people just sitting there uh, probably wondering, okay, I'm, I'm trying to understand who God is, but does he really care about me as an individual? You know, maybe I've read through the Bible. I'm on this journey. You know, it, you know, A.W. Tozer, you know, says one of the greatest needs of the human uh, is to experience God. And I just actually had my son ask me this uh, this week. He was talking about, he goes, I've never really felt God's presence or him speak to me. How do I experience God? How do I really know that I'm in a personal relationship or that he wants a personal relationship? So when people are coming to you trying to understand the nature of God and really then how to relate and, and make that personal with them, what what's next? To me, that's, that's one of the keys also is that if the, the way we experience, you know, the sovereign, all-controlling God is through our minds and the list of rules, the reality of who God is and who we are is that he's, he's personal and, um, and we have the opportunity to participate uh, with him. So... Um, it, we we move from rules and uh, obedience to experiences in our hearts. So we, we sort of flip from, you know, uh, having a mental approach to religion or our relationship with God to ex- expecting experiences with him. Uh, and, and that's the nature of salvation uh, is that, you know, we experience the weight of sin lifting off our shoulders. We experience his presence for the first time. That's why we get saved. It's not theology. It's not our concept of God. It's not anything else. <laughs> it's it's always an experience. Mm-hmm. And and the reality is that uh, everything else that our hearts interpret is an experience too. Sometimes good experiences, sometimes bad. But if we allow ourselves to to realize that as humans— the way we relate to God is through experiences. The things that keep us away from God are usually negative experiences. And, and, and to realize that that's just how God wired us is to experience him is that, that's fundamental. Um, and, and honestly, you know, that's not necessarily a message that we have in our traditional Christianity. You know, it's very mental, very doctrinal very rule-based, um, or, or can be, but uh, that's the beauty. So what of you're it. saying is there's a lot of people out there that have experienced that. There's been something in their life, they, they, 
maybe don't understand the nature of God, uh, or they, they're choosing not to trust or have a relationship with God, uh, what, what have you found that helps people bring those two back together to be in relationship? Having an experience. <laughs> in, in, well, th- no, that's a great answer. So what would lead to having that experience? I think there's a lot of people out there that are des- desperately yeah. would like to have that experience. Um, you know, on, on one hand, it can be a one-off experience, like mm-hmm. a healing or a salvation or a meeting where the where you can you know touch the presence of God. You know, that's one way. That that's sort of our tradition in church, and and I I value that. Okay, I'm, I'm not down on that at all because you know one thing I try to do is just make sure people you know experience corporate worship where where. The presence of God is very real. I mean, that's that's how I got saved. I just thought it was all theory and doctrine, and and I went to a meeting and experienced the presence of God, and that was it. That was it. I wanted more, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how it works for all of us. Um, that's sort of our, you know, that's a little churchy. That's sort of our t- tradition. The reality is, those experiences can happen any place in the workplace or you know, school or wherever. Um, so the one thing I try to do is that there, there, there's another experience that we all have is that when we touch the, the desires that God wrote in our individual heart, there's something inside of us that leaps. And if I can help people imagine or dream about the, the call on their life and talk, get them to talk about that heart's desire inevitably uh, they their hearts leap and and that's a that's an experience it's a little bit subtle but uh, I haven't found anybody that uh, that doesn't enjoy talking about their heart's desires and doesn't feel you know that they they feel touched prophetically when you touch that nerve and um, so that I mean that that's sort of my approach to evangelism now. I'm not trying to straighten out anyone's doctrine as a first step. I'm, I'm trying just to get them to have an experience with Jesus uh, and often through the desires that God wrote in their heart. So it's like they're already written there. All we got to do is in conversation, just touch them. And, and when we do, they they cannot deny the experience. <laughs> you know, that reminds me of an analogy a friend of mine always uses, um, and I'd love to explore this some more. He's like, you know, if God, if we just acknowledge that God created us, or even if you don't acknowledge that God created you, but, um, you know, we, we know that God created us, and the, the truth, those desires, those passions, they're sewn into who we are. And if we can connect to those, if we hear the truth or we have the truth revealed to us about these dreams and the desires, it's like a violin just playing that perfect chord. It just has this resonance in our heart. And all of a sudden we're like, I I don't know what that was, but I really like that sound. I liked what that is. I want some more of that. And so what you're talking about is is instead of trying to figure all this out, getting in touch with those heart's desires and those longings. And that point where you just feel that that perfect note, and you start moving in that direction. So, how do you how do you help people? What are some questions that people could ask themselves? You know, because this is the coach's corner. Let's help coach somebody. <laughs> how do I get in touch with those dreams, those desires, those longings? That when I think of them, 
just kind of start bringing that joy, that hope, that excitement into my life, that experience? Uh, I Number one, you got to give yourself permission to do it. I mean, that's a theological step right there to, mm-hmm. to dream. And to me, the most important next step is to write it down. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, when we think about writing something down, there's sort of a commitment there that, you know, we really don't want to do that. <laughs> we want to let it, you know, float off in the ether. But the reality is that God speaks to us. It's it's like sort of flashes of light, and um, and and we when we get a glimpse, it's never a full story. But when we get a glimpse of the calling on our lives, it's important to just write down that desire, and 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 sort of stare at it and flush it out. And when when it goes down a path that uh, you know we discern as you know that that's not it. Um, even the the fact of saying what your dream is is important. And when we articulate it in conversation with another person, the sound of it resonates both with us and the person we talk to. So if we if we touch on what really is our dream, uh, both of us can tell. <laughs> and if we touch on something that's wild and crazy and and not really in the in the cards, <laughs> we can both tell that too. So it's not that hard to discern the real thing. And when, when we discover that something that is deep and passionate in our own heart is also deep and passionate in God's heart, the lid comes off and life suddenly becomes very exciting. And uh, it, it just releases a dynamic uh, that is motivational and passionate and stirring and gripping in, in each one of us, and he, every human carries that uh, because God, that's the way God designed us. And that is the gospel of the kingdom, to touch that area and, mm-hmm. and give ourselves permission to pursue it. Uh, you know, one of the things I do uh, in this area, working with my clients to get them to start thinking this way and start writing these things down, um, you know, think about your, your headstone someday that's in a graveyard and there's your name and there's the dates that are on there. You know, we've heard these things about the dash and we get to fill in the dash. What yeah. I think is a great thing, but everybody gets to put like a phrase. What if there was a phrase on your tombstone, right? What are you known for? Yeah. Right. Just uh, a short phrase. What do you want to be your whole life summed up? What do you want it to be known for? You know, and I had that accident. My funeral could have easily been three years ago. And something that's really been close to my heart is, what would have been said about me at that funeral three years ago? And I've had this this incredible second chance, and every day we have a chance at a second chance to completely rewrite from this moment forward. So what if it, what if people just sat down as an exercise to start this dreaming, uh, to start writing down what what was read at your funeral? What did you accomplish? What were you known for? What were you doing with yes. your time? Uh, and you know, it's funny when people do that, the things that are on a lot of traditional dream boards, a house, a car, a boat, uh, yeah. travel, things like that, uh, aren't there. It's all about relationships, yeah. the impact I had in other people's lives, uh, the kind of relationship I had with my, my spouse, with my kids. And I would just encourage people to just take a pen and just start writing that down from that perspective, uh, of what would, you know, let's put yourself at 80 or 90 years old 
and just start writing that all down. And now all of a sudden there's going to be things you write down and you just feel the energy come up. You just get excited yeah. about, man, I just, I can't believe I just wrote that down. That's yeah. something I would love to do. And that there's nothing in my life or maybe there's parts of that in my life right now, but how do I then uh, bring people into my life that have done some of these things that can encourage me, equip me, help me move in that direction. And all of a sudden the energy starts coming up and the passion starts flowing and you start doing some things in your life that you know are going to be incredibly fulfilling for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you one example of a, you know, a, how, how winding the path of a dream can be. But before I was saved, I was, uh, as a child, I was, we lived in a small community that was uh, into basketball a lot. So in grade school, junior high, high school, uh, I, I played basketball competitively for our school and and we never lost a home game in our junior and senior years and then when uh so my my dream is in high school was i wanted to be a professional basketball player and i'm really only about six feet tall <laughs> and uh could could almost dunk a volleyball but not a basketball so when i got to college and I was, you know, fairly fast and a pretty good shot. And it was an all-tournament selection, blah, blah, blah. But when I got to college, you know, a school of 10,000, and, and at that, that, that time they had freshman teams. So I was playing with guys that could shoot as well as I could uh, run a little bit faster. And they were five inches taller. <laughs> <laughs> so my my dream to be a professional basketball player, you know, kind of went by the wayside. But... You know, in hindsight, one of the experience, the experience I had of getting hot or playing in the zone and, and functioning with a team of four other guys, uh, you know, I, I knew I enjoyed that. I knew I cherished that. But now uh, it, it is the experience of functioning under the anointing. Uh, the, the, the zone you experience in sports it feels like the zone you experience in the spirit, you know, when you move prophetically or touch, you know, the right direction. There, there is a smoothness. Um, it feels like time slows down and, uh, you know, good things happen. That is the experience of being in the presence of God and, uh, and seeing him move. And uh, so even even though that dream didn't even come close to coming true <laughs> there there was it, it it had a magnetism for me because god wired me to pursue his heart and and function in his anointing so when so when we do um, it could be in business i mean i i as a pastor uh, I was I was a Bible vocational pastor until about 2003 for 13 years. I mean, functioning in the anointing in business or trading or uh, even in sharing concepts like these, um, you know, you just know when when you're touching that realm, and it feels and for me it feels exactly like playing high school basketball. <laughs> so when people get in touch with that realm, they're starting to, you know, they have this awareness, they get some clarity on what some of these dreams and their desires are, John, how do they then move forward in bringing that and, you know, making those come true in their life? I think once you, uh, I, don't, I don't think our dreams have to be just one thing. I encourage people to write them down for, you know, their family, their vocation, 
you know, their ministry calling, uh, you know, their even their vacation, you know, write dreams down in every category of your life. Finances. A lot of people forget sure, that. Exactly. Finances it's perfectly fine to have one. a dream to be debt free, yeah. to have enough money to retire on, to be able in to fact, fund your kids. Yeah. And in fact, uh, whatever your dream is, it's going to cost you money. And <laughs> if, <laughs> that's so true. Part of that dream has to navigate how it gets paid for. And your heart actually will not believe you know, the dream you come up with until you have a pathway to pay for it. So the cash flow and things like a business plan are, are central elements of making a dream practical and, and able to come true. So I, I encourage people to you know, write down dreams in the different areas of their life, write down the goals that go with those different dreams to, you know, to bite off a piece at a time, to work toward that dream. And as life happens, you know, to give themselves permission to make mid-course corrections, adjust the dream, adjust the goals. You know, I have, I have all that written down in what we call the heart plan, and, and I tweak mine every month or every quarter and, uh, and, and just update it. And it, it just gives me, a, you know, a direction. And, and all that, you know, is just logically tied to things like cash flow, you know, how are you going to make the money to make the dream come true? And if you don't have that part of the dream nailed down, at some level, your heart doesn't really take it seriously. It, it has to be that practical. The, and, and you know, the other thing is, you know, just making that dream come true is, is you know, have a plan. I, I think a, the important uh, next step is once you have a direction, it's not that hard to find a mentor. And, and the reality is that people that are successful – uh, always have a plan, and they almost always have a mentor. Sometimes more than one. Uh, but you know, when you uh, have a dream and have a plan to get there, if that's all written down all the way through cash flow, it's not hard to show that to someone who's been there before and get some really good help. <laughs> mm-hmm. And as Christians, we're prone to th- sort of think that all this stuff is just between me and God. And uh, you know, at some level, it is, but the the key practically to making dreams come true is that uh, that it always entails uh, participation by other people. That there is always some kind of a team involved. There's always a mentoring aspect involved, and finding those people is a key part of uh, you know making anyone's dream come true. And and a lot of us you know, sort of view our relationship with God as very private, very secret, very holy. And, and we make a mistake by not being a little more public, you know, with our dreams and, uh, and the process of how to make them come true. Well, you know, that kind of leads into my next question here, John. Sometimes we don't want to share those dreams because as soon as we do, it's like, wow, this just became real. And yeah. if I'm going to share this with a mentor or even just get some help filling in the gaps, it could be, this is a dream. It seems achievable, but I have no idea how I'm going to fund it or yeah. have the income to do it. Or, or I just have this vague feeling. This is what I want to accomplish. I want to affect these kind of lives in this way. And I have some just gaps and who, you know, how do I take myself and and actually have a role in that? So what happens, I think is there's a lot of either, 
lies we tell ourselves or these limiting beliefs or just things that are kind of flooding in as soon as we start thinking in that direction. It could be spiritual warfare. It could be just us, us with self-defeating uh, habits and beliefs. So how do we how do we defeat those so we can move in that direction, start getting some momentum towards some of these things that are just rising up these these passions in our heart? Yeah, you know, I I think the reality is that uh, giving ourselves permission to pursue pursue the desires of our heart and and having a dream or dreams is the primary, uh, that's the essence of the kingdom. And, and I think that's the, the, uh, the forefront of the battle, uh, or sp- that is the, the key area of spiritual warfare. I, I don't think people that don't dream are much of a threat to the enemy. I, I think the, you know, the primary attack that, that Christians get is uh, over uh, the dream in their heart. And and all of us have that little voice that's, you know, if we say, you know, write down what, what we want to do, what we want to dream, how much money goes with it, uh, there's a little voice that whispers in our ear and says, are you kidding? <laughs> you can't be serious. <laughs> You're crazy. You know, you that's, that dream's never going to come true. And uh, the reality is we, you know, there's a spiritual dynamic where the enemy is whispering that into our ears. And there's also just a practical aspect of wisdom that if there is uh, a lie or or a, a weak area, it just means we, we need to solve it. We need to find the answer for it. And to believe that theologically we can have a dream and that God can show us how to make it come true, uh, if we believe there's an answer to those two questions, <laughs> you know, that that's pretty important. You know, if you, if you sort of believe there's not an answer, you're not going to find it. But if you believe there is an answer, you will find it. Well, and, and that really gets back to what we talked about first is who is God? Do you believe yeah. that God wants to, cares about you individually and wants to have that relationship with you to yeah. reveal these to you, to equip you to do these, to be a partner in moving in this direction? Yeah. If you don't believe that, you'll, you'll run into some kind of an obstacle and quit. That, that's just how it works. So how do, how do you blow that obstacle out of the water? I, you know, I think one is to realize that um, we call them heart boundaries. All of us, you know, if our dream is from God, uh, it's always bigger than we are. So it's a little unnerving to find out that God has really ca- put something in our hearts and called us to do something that we really can't do in our own strength. You know, we really do need not just help from the Holy Spirit, but we need help from other people to make that dream come true. And if we just sort of realize that and 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 go find the Holy Spirit and go find the help in people, show them the plan, you know, make the adjustments, make the progress, you know, it takes time and perseverance, you know, be persistent. Um, it's amazing how how much progress we can make. And there's such an anointing on it that there's there's this daily sort of refreshing that goes with touching it. Uh, even if there are setbacks, yeah, you know, you just, in fact, you know, if you had a dream that was from, from God that was important for the kingdom, I mean, wouldn't you expect a little warfare to go with it? I mean, would you be surprised if uh, if you didn't run into some resistance? <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're 
you know, a man after God's own heart or a woman and, and what you have touched is important to the kingdom, wouldn't you expect to f- face some resistance? And, and wouldn't you sort of cultivate an attitude in your heart that, hey, I'm, I'm up for the battle. <laughs> I, I expect to run into some obstacles in this. And uh, I'm not surprised to find, you know, both circumstances and people actively, you know, resisting what God wants to do, you know, through my heart. And it's okay. I, I can navigate that. Well, you, you know, I'll just share a, kind of a personal story on that. You know, as I was recovering and just really looking for this, you know, these purpose, this passion, the the verse I just kept being brought back to uh, was about, you know, our calling is to disciple nations. And yeah. God wanted me to be a part of that. I'm like, there's, I am, I, first of all, I'm not worthy. I don't have the skills. I don't have the capabilities to even be part of discipling a nation. Are, are you kidding me? But as I started breaking that down and just praying about it and just realizing, you know, if you look at every movement in revival that's ever happened, you know, from the civil rights movement to yeah. evangelical movements to even, you know, things that were evil, uh, you know, that have happened around the world. It, it, the American Revolution, there's only, you know, three to five percent of the people that were totally bought into an idea, sure. a concept sure. that totally changed culture. Yeah. You, you look at some of the things happening in our culture right now, it's a very small minority, two to three percent that are driving the entire narrative. So what if we could right. go out and just reach through what I'm doing with coaching, what Steve and I are doing through this podcast, and what if we could just equip three to five percent of leaders of faith that are in business right now to really get a hold of not only who God is, but what their dreams are, and start moving in the direction of just being kingdom leaders and equip them. Yeah. You know, three to five percent of business leaders is not that many people. No. You know, let's say in the country, it's a, a couple hundred thousand people. That does not seem now insurmountable. So now we just started moving in that direction just by coaching people one-on-one. You know, I, I have 12 clients. We started this podcast, and and now it's in 67 countries, and we're seeing God's hand in it. And every small step in every victory that you, that we've had gives you that, that encouragement and yeah. that excitement to actually now take the next step. Yeah. And, and it's like the slowly the the blinders come off, and now what we're doing is we're expanding into eternal leadership consulting to bring these kind of kingdom principles, not just working with individuals and through the podcast, but into companies, working right. with companies, an entire team to bring in these these principles that that just yield incredible success in business yeah. and in relationships. Yeah. And we we want to bring uh, you know just have so many companies out there that are just doing so incredibly that are using these kind of principles that now they become a model to other leaders. And I can just see over time this in God, excuse me, in God's hand in it, having a huge impact. So I would just really encourage people to just, just accept what's in your heart, find some, and Steve and I found a lot of people to help mentor us and coach us and kind of get us in the right direction. And, you know, um, Everything you talked about, as you put it into practice, starts uh, opening doors that nobody can shut. Right. And doors were shut that nobody can open to prevent us from going into directions that would have just distracted us from what we've been called to do. Yeah. And, you know, the other, that reminds me of another experience is that if you've ever been uh, in a, say, a meeting where, you know, the presence of God is and something really takes off. 
uh, you know, in the spirit, it's very contagious and, and it spreads throughout the room. Well, by the same token, it, it uh, you know, revival, the nature of revival is that it spreads from community to community, mm-hmm. and even from nation to nation. We've seen that historically, um, like in the charismatic movement or the Toronto um, movement. We, we have seen that sort of in ch- happen in the, you know, the church realm, if you will. But what you just talked about, you know, the, the idea of touching our heart's desires is very contagious. It's, it's, uh, and it's, it's starting to become viral. Uh, in the sense of, you know, spreading from businessman to business to business and from nation to nation. And it's something God is doing. He's sweeping the earth with this uh, sense of freedom, um, this movement from religion to kingdom to culture. And uh, it's, it is very exciting. And, you know, you can go any place in the world and, and touch that nerve and, and start a little fire. And um, and it becomes contagious. And if you, uh, one of our coaches in in Poland is is now uh, is now viral. So she is. What do you mean by that? She started four businesses. I mean, this is a person. Uh, her name is Maria Valik. Uh, she has uh, Heartplan dot EU is her is the website. She's a person I coached for the last four years. You know, have a mentoring relationship, but she is. Uh, you know, she's. I think I mentioned she started, helped. You know, coach people who, as a, from the basis of that coaching, started for businesses. And so I'm going to go there this fall. And we're going to have a little reunion with all the people she's touched, and and buy them all dinner, and and just you know sort of have a slideshow on the people that she's coached and the accomplishments or the achievements that they have made. And I, I'm really. Uh, excited about going to that it you know that that fuels my heart to see you know another person in another nation reproduce themselves with these concepts i mean it's i can't wait to go well i love that i could just hear that energy and that emotion as you were talking about that john that's really touched you hasn't it yeah and that's that's central to what uh, is in my heart you know to you know i just uh there's a practical aspect to releasing the spirit of God in, in people in a way that touches businesses, in a way that multiplies finances, in a way that causes dreams to come true. And that is the gospel. That, I mean, it's not a, you know, a health wealth gospel. Uh, I mean, it's not, you know, name it, claim it. It's, uh, it's possessing the kingdom. It's, you know, working with, um, you know, the desires that God's put in and our hearts are even more present in his heart. And, and when we find that overlap. That is a great perspective. And when we find that overlap of, you know, what is in our heart and, and what is in his heart, that's the viral aspect of it. That's where the power is. That's where the anointing is. And it's that's where the fun is. I, I mean, uh, religion is not that much fun, but this is a party. <laughs> this is a you know, this is like being invited to the banquet. This is hearing the the music to dance to. Uh, it's it's wild. Well, John, as we wrap up, you know, thinking back on this whole conversation, what are some final thoughts you'd like to to leave with people if they've listened to this? 
I just, I just think uh, giving ourselves permission to dream and sort of going through the discipline of getting that in writing, uh, setting goals to take it seriously and make it come true, realizing that, you know, God's, God's organizational structure is very flat. Uh, it's not a hierarchy. He wants to speak to each one of us. He's got a calling on each one of our hearts. He, he, in that sense, he's very much... Uh, in control in terms of orchestrating individual hearts to make dreams come true, to build the kingdom, to touch nations. And, uh, and we each have a part in that. And, uh, and the bottom line is that, you know, coaching can help people get started down that path. And what you're doing, what, what we do, what Maria does in Poland, um, that's a great place to start. I mean, I would encourage people to, uh, you know, if you're struggling with clarifying that dream, get a little help. It doesn't, it's, it's not that expensive. It doesn't take that much time. It's worth uh, investing in your dream. It's worth investing in your calling. It's worth investing in yourself. You're important. And, and there's, a, there's something that God has placed in, in you as an individual that uh, needs to spring up. And, and be released uh, for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of the rest of us. If you want that something that God has placed in you to be released, be sure to check out John's books, Releasing Kings and Desire to Destiny, his weekly blog, his coaching, all of it. Eternalleadership.com slash 059 is where you can find all those links and more. As I said at the top, I'm working on my heart plan with John, and it's been an eye-opening experience. I can't recommend it highly enough. Eternalleadership.com slash 059. And as always, that link is embedded in the summary of this MP3 for quick access to all of that if you're listening on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. Special thanks to Justin Jeffrey for his editing and production help on this episode. Next time on Eternal Leadership, General Jerry Boykin. There is uh, the... Uh, beginnings of a revival. I'm not sure that it's what people expect. Uh, I think that the the two previous great awakenings were kind of inside the church, if you will. I'm not sure this is inside the church as much as it is in the workplace, in the society as a whole. I think what's happening today is that uh, more and more we're seeing small little groups, little pockets that are coming together and, and, and the Lord is blessing uh, their efforts and they are getting energized to wanna do something. And they're, they're looking at their pastor and saying, hey, I'm not getting anything out of him. I'm not getting truth from him. Yeah, I'll stay in the church because I want my children to be in Sunday school and learn, but we're gonna move off over here and we're gonna do some things on our own. And I see more and more of that as I travel around the country. Since July 4th is this weekend, what better guest than this good man of God? If you're here in the U.S., have a great Independence Day. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership.